I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Millennial Divide, a podcast about navigating the millennial decade. We are three sisters bookending the generation. I'm Amy and I'm just in to this great decade. I'm Ellen, I'm 33 and I'm in the middle. And I'm Dimity, I am the youngest member at 27 years old. And happy to have you here. Oh, thank you, Welcome, Amy. welcome back. I think that's the first time you've ever said that to me. In my life. In... How validating. Aww. Aww. No, it's good to You're have you always here, Emma. You round out the family. Thank, thank you, guys. I'm You're not welcome. just the lucky accident that <laughs> mum told me I was at a dinner party a few years ago. Yes, well, that's a different podcast. <laughs> so today we've got lots to cover, so we'll jump straight in. Serena Williams has been causing a lot of uh, excitement, energy and um, debate Mm. across the genders. And this is going to be an interesting one, so we'll cover her. Uh, We're also going to go back to the New York Times op-ed in which an anonymous person wrote about Donald Trump and talked about how that person was part of the resistance. So we'll cover that. We're going to have a recommendation. And this week it's a website called Cup of Joe. Dim's back and she's asking a question. (laughs) We're all thrilled about it, aren't we? I am particularly thrilled. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And because if Dim's got a question, I've got a rant. (laughs) I've got a rant and it's a goodie. And then we'll try and peace out with a mantra and I will bring my mantra. So let's just jump straight in, ladies. Serena Williams. Oh, it's a biggie. So Elle, tell us what you know. No. I will tell you what I know, <laughs> Amy. So God, deep. I feel like I'm getting bottle and bottom of barrel this week. Oh, <laughs> no, it's no. okay. I've, I'm, I've had a big week ready. Okay, <laughs> I'm tired. It's all right, yeah, baby yeah. brain. Yeah, it's baby brain. <laughs> all right, so this week uh, we have, as Amy mentioned, Serena Williams. So if you haven't uh, been following the news recently, Serena had a tennis match, and the it was final. The, it was it was a big tennis match. Everybody, <laughs> I follow tennis clearly biggest. very closely. Um, it was the US. Open. Open final, women's final. Maybe you should do this, Elle. <laughs> That's anyway. all I know. Against Naomi Osaka. Um, great in, name, I think. Yes. If you're from Japan, yes, Osaka is a great surname. Yeah, she's done yeah. very well. Yeah. Well done. So tensions were high, obviously, and what was assumed is that Serena was finding it very difficult not difficult, but more difficult than she expected um, coming out into the court. So at one point throughout the game, the overseeing umpire noticed a hand gesture. So the overseeing umpire is called Carlos Ramos. He noticed a hand gesture by Serena's coach called Patrick Muratoglu. 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 Yes. Muratoglu. Patrick M. Patrick M. Mr. M. <laughs> Mr. M. Um, who is Serena's coach. And uh, noticed this hand gesture and gave a warning to Serena um, saying there is absolutely no coaching allowed from the side of the tennis court and you mustn't do this. 
So Serena became very upset about this. She said, I wasn't getting coached at all. She said, I quote, I don't cheat to win, I'd rather lose. And she demanded an apology from Ramos, which he didn't He didn't provide her, obviously. Unfortunately, later, her coach, Mr. M, um, did admit that he, he did give the hand gesture, so that's unfortunate. But she mustn't have seen it, and she does not cheat, so that's that. After this, she was continued to be, you know, high tensions. She got enraged at, at a point that Saka won, and she smashed her racket. And at this point, the the umpire, the overseeing umpire, Ramos, awarded her, awarded Asaka a point. She got very, Serena got very upset about this. Um, she continued to argue at the end of the next change of ends and she called the umpire a thief for stealing a point from her and at which point she lost a game. So it was a big occurrence and Serena did not back down. She, at the press conference, she had a few quite notable quotes. She said, I can't sit here and say, I wouldn't say he's a thief because I thought he took a game from me. But, and this is where it gets really interesting, she said, I've seen other men call other umpires several things. I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. For me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. He's never taken a game from a man because they Mm. said thief. It blows my mind. Uh, so she goes on to say, I feel the fact that I have to go through this is an example for the next person who, that has emotions and wants to express themselves and wants to be a strong woman. And she's hoping that they're going to be allowed to do that. So big, big preempt to this topic. There's a lot of information to take in. What do you guys think? <laughs> this one's been a topic of conversation at every place, house that I've been into in the last couple of days. So, And what I'm finding really interesting is that it's splitting along gender lines. That's what mm. I've noticed too. Oh. That's exactly the point I was going to make too, particularly in the articles, because actually people in my life haven't been talking about it. No, no. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. The Bachelor and... There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on for The Bachelor at the moment. But in the opinion pieces that I've read about this, it really is divided along gender lines, it seems. And and men typically are saying she owes the, the umpire an apology and women typically are saying this is outrageous mm. and this would never happen to a man. Yeah, I, I think um, that is the conversations I've had. Men have called her a super brat, which Ooh. I think is not... I mean, I've called Kyrgios a super brat yeah. myself mm. um, because I feel like some of his behaviour on court is not sportsman-like. Mm. And I guess, you know, Serena did lose her cool. There's no question about and that. Broke she broke the was, rules. She broke the rules and she smashed up her racket mm. and she did abuse an umpire. Now, apparently this umpire is renowned for being really pedantic. Mm. Nadal um, has said that he found him very challenging and has had points deducted and so forth and it's just you should know that if you're playing in front of this umpire that he is going to call you on lots of little things but what's interesting is that while she obviously has been penalized by this umpire it does seem like it isn't consistent Mm. because there's Mm. many seemingly male players who behave far worse and have not had the same level um, of penalty applied to them. In Mm. front of this umpire as well. So at the French Open in 2017, Nadal um, told Ramos that he would see to it that Ramos never refereed one of his matches again. Mm. No no penalty given Mm. at that point. So, you know, that's a very evocative statement Mm. and there was no consequence. 
And it also says in the ABC News, in 2016, Kyrgios suggested Ramos showed incredible bias and continued to question the umpire before saying a code violation awarded to him was effing bullshit, but there was no game awarded to Kyrgios's opponent. That's word for word from the ABC News. So, you know, I guess that's where I'm... What I've been thinking about is I want to know the data because I think it's very easy to mm. say, oh, it's sexist or it's this or it's that. But if you have actual facts behind you saying, well, this was the same incident that happened with the male and happened with a female and it clearly was different, well, then that's when you can start to kind of go, okay. And I guess that's the argument that I've heard is that by the time it got to the verbal abuse, that was the third issue that she had faced. So the first one was the coaching, which mm. in fairness to her, that was not actually her doing that. Mm. Unfortunately, she was the recipient of it. I think it's quite well known, though, that if your coach is providing those, you know, coaching mm. hand gestures from the side, you will get penalised. However, apparently it's quite a common thing. So everyone's yeah. doing it. Yeah, mm. I, I was listening to that too. Mm. And then the second thing was, well, she just lost it. Yeah, I the, the point at which I was like, oh, she went too far, was when they presented the trophy at the end mm. and Asaka was up there and she, you know, it was meant to be her big moment. Yeah. She won. I'm very distressed. And she started crying. And the, Because the crowd was booing. But, yeah. but in but Serena's defence, she did then say, look, we've got to celebrate this and this is still a great win. Mm. Do you know where Serena lost me? It was when she said, I'm not a thief, I'm a mother. <laughs> with anything if you have a baby i tell you what i was Ugh. like are you for real when did that become the moral high ground that you can come from to say well of course i wouldn't behave like that like i just that she yeah. lost me at that and then when she started to bring in a bit more about a feminist sort of mm. angle i did feel slightly uncomfortable and caroline wilson is the only female commentator so she's a sports analyst mm. and she actually just said called absolute rubbish on that she said mm. it's not a feminist issue mm. she was behaving inappropriately it was unsportsmanlike mm. and she should have been called for it and that actually got international coverage it mm. ran on CNN mm. last night but what I'm also torn because I do feel that as women we are often labeled aggressive mm. when mm. we're being assertive yeah and I had an instance today where that happened to me where we had a situation where the person who was meant to deliver on a few things didn't and so I um, recounted <laughs> yeah yeah what that should be, and it was played back to me later that that person, that male person, found that aggressive. Mm. And I thought, well, that's interesting feedback. You've mm. got to take it on. But where is that line? Because mm. I find if I'm assertive, mm. that can be interpreted as aggressive mm. at times. And yet there's nothing aggressive, there's nothing nothing mm. um, threatening or mm. there were no the language heated, and no, the, there yeah. was no heated conversation. It was just calling someone on something that wasn't delivered mm. and that's been played back as aggressive. And I do kind of feel like that might be the case here. Yeah. And case in point, when you see the cartoon that ran mm. today. By in, Mark Knight. By Mark Knight Herald in Sun. Herald Sun. And if anyone hasn't seen it, Google mm. it. And it is portrayal of a very unflattering angry black woman mm. and that's what a number of commentators are saying is it's just living up to the trope of this angry black woman and that she's being prejudiced against mm. for her mm. you know fair and reasonable mm. frustration at this type of uh, penalty so I don't know do you do you think there's anything in that yeah I'm really torn I've just uh, an article came to mind which I now realize perhaps was really um 
that I, I wrote it myself when I was studying journalism um, a few years ago. It's a very well-known article. It's, um, it's a, it was quite infamous in its time. I, I delivered it to my lecture. <laughs> anyway, no one liked it anyway. But it was um, – I – was the the point of the article was like I'm sick of people crying out fe- it's a feminist issue yeah. when in order to get their way a yeah. little bit and yeah. I was really frustrated by that at that time it was a different incident obviously and mm. didn't tell the future but um I think that's where this comes down to is that it's like is she call- is she using mm. feminism in order to get her way yeah mm. because she was frustrated and she mm. got in trouble mm. or or is it that this is really a double standard mm. and is that just a matter of opinion? Is there a way to, a way to work mm. that out? It's a, it's a perception, isn't mm. it? Just someone's personal perception. Don't you also think it's kind of good that we're just having this conversation to have that awareness? Great point. That regardless of the mm. outcome, she hasn't won, she's not going to win, Osaka won, it's done, but that this might make people consider things a little bit more. And I think that's the journey we're on. We're not at the end yet, thank goodness, because we still don't have equal pay. Mm. This is the journey and this is the discussion and it's just having these debates and conversations and that's what's most important. Yeah, I think, Ellen, great summary. We'll move right (laughs) along because I don't think we can do better than that. So let's go on to recommendations. Ah. Speaking of feminism, no. Uh, <laughs> Cup of Joe, Elle. This is yours Joe. this week. Yes, I love this blog. I'm so excited to share it with everyone. I rave to everyone about it. It it is. It's www.cupofjoe.com. It's a by. It's, it was started by an American writer called Joanna Goddard, and she was a writer for many magazines previously, and for Glamour and Condé Nast Traveler. And she just started this blog on the side, just for you know extra writing and things that she loved. And now it's huge, and um, regularly cited by other blogs and. They have a whole range of topics. So they talk about motherhood and relationships, travel, design, food, style. So it really covers the gamut of topics. And it is female orientated, but guys, you can go on there too, I'm sure. And a couple of things I really love about it is one is one of their motherhood sections. It's about 15 surprising things about parenting in and they always find someone around the world. So they've found 15 surprising things about parenting in Norway. And that was interesting. Tell you me know. One. What is it? Tell oh, me my goodness. Open Windows. Wasn't that the one that you were telling me about? Oh, that was no, Australia. No, that was Australia. Yeah, yeah. that was all. They had 15 surprising things about parenting in Australia. And it's always a foreigner who is parenting there. So they've got this different perspective. And they were talking about how Australians, when the weather changes, they all open their window to air it out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I yes, do, I do that. that. Yeah, yes, like all spring. my, yeah. Yeah, all my um, windows are open at the moment. I'm mm-hmm. airing it out. And, and I didn't realise that was strange. <laughs> but apparently that's a very Australian thing. that's just thing. good housekeeping. That's what I think too. <laughs> Get all the dust out. So that's one that I really love. And another one also... The main thing is the community there. I find there is such negativity on the internet and it's really just lovely. They're really lovely commentators and what they often do is they put comments from the readers as a blog post because people write these really insightful things and just quickly one of the ones was they had 15 readers' comments about jobs and somebody said, um, and this is quoting, 
instead of re, uh, to reframe your instinct to apologize into an opportunity to express gratitude. So instead of saying, sorry, that meeting went so long, you could say, thank you so much for staying engaged for a full hour. Instead of saying, sorry for making so many requests, say, thank you so much for taking the time to share this information with me. So, you know, just those little gems that I think is lovely. I, what did um, you guys think I, about it? I really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know if I will remember to keep going back to it because there's just like so much saturation on the mm. internet. But those five minutes that I spent on that website, I really enjoyed. <laughs> so thank you for that. There was one article that I really, really loved mm. and it was the Secret to a Happy Marriage article, which obviously mm. is so relevant for me at the moment. <laughs> I clicked on that one, I don't know. But but they had they interviewed this couple that went down to like the water every day and they had this ritual of mm. going to the water every day and the last question was any advice for other couples um and that their names are Jane and Terry which I just love <laughs> and Jane said the thing is it's just easier to be in a good mood and be generous to one another apologize often and Terry said when we're spending time together, our slogan is to have as much fun as possible. And Jane said, also, it's important to remember that each partner is responsible for their own happiness. You can't you can't rely on the other one to always entertain you. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good mantra. They might have stolen my mantra. I remember that couple. They're very cute. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think it's really, look, it's no goop. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> That's a whole other episode. We we actually could cover her again. She's had so much press oh, this yeah. week. Oh, she really yeah, she's in big trouble with her yeah, um, vagina opals, whatever they're called. Anyway, <laughs> jade eggs. Jade eggs. They, were. they went. <laughs> is wonderful um but no it was really sweet and I did like the cross-section of things I mean I found it a little bit I don't know that I would go back either just Mm. because I don't think it was telling me anything that was so unique that I couldn't find Mm. that I hadn't seen somewhere else yeah but it's a nice summary I can see the community and it's got some nice thoughts and feelings and Mm. and good maternity clothes yeah really good maternity (laughs) clothes so I was in I like although they were called boob that oh, was the brand. I saw that one today. Yeah. That is a terrible brand name. <laughs> Sorry, boob, but you can send us some samples and we'll change our mind. <laughs> what I think of it is good about it, though is that it dives into some really interesting topics and um, about relationships and about motherhood and things that you know you might not have thought of before and or things that you have and then you go, oh, other people have thought about this and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's kind of replaced my magazines. I don't buy as many magazines now, so I go on there. It's got beautiful content and... Yeah, it is very well curated. nice, nice little... I feel like, you know when um, there was the Great Depression on? We all remember that. (laughs) But you know how that happened? And um, it was kind of the birth of Hollywood from Mm. that because people wanted to... Escape. Escape. Mm. And it was also the rise of the sale of lipstick. Oh. Yeah, lipstick. You know when the economy's in trouble because lipstick sales sales go up because oh, it's the cheapest thing to make it's you a feel cheap better. Luxury. Mm. Oh, that makes me feel mm. quite nice. I just bought lipstick. What does that say about myself? <laughs> We're in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I feel like this kind of thing is popular. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
popping up more and more because mm. people are looking for that nice mm. sense of escapism and community and like they don't want to just I don't want to just be you know constantly bombarded by like sad things yeah. it's like it's, this is a Hollywood equivalent and trolls trolls okay so speaking of which rant time <laughs> so I live in a hipster part of Melbourne I don't know if we've covered that but I do Dimity lives near me She's one of them. <laughs> I was there first, for the record, in case anybody was ever wondering. I went there. Amy was like, ooh, you're such a hipster. Bought a house. <laughs> Same suburb. Yeah, way to show me, Amy. The work. I anyway. never said I wasn't hypocritical. <laughs> so our local park is lovely for about nine months of the year until September rolls around and the sun comes out and I was happily taking my dog for our daily walk around this park and all of a sudden it's like the circus, literally the circus has arrived and there are people sprawled everywhere. There are they are doing their circus acts. Are like, they up on the highway? We have that at our park. They do the proper highway. Yep, yep. They're mm, on each other. Yeah. They're on each other's. Don't you stand and watch in amazement? There's so many of them. <laughs> and then they bring their stupid hipster dogs who aren't on the lead. They go and eat their stupid hipster food out of their Tupperware containers and they leave their crap Everywhere after they leave. That doesn't make any sense if they're using Tupperware containers, Amy. Well, they're, because they're drinking a lot oh. as well. Oh, they found they've the alcohol. The alcohol. Oh, dear. And my dog and I walk through the hipster village that's erupted because they've got one sniff of spring, <laughs> and all of their feral hipster dogs come running on the non. It is not a dog <laughs> off lead area. They're meant oh, to be on a lead. <laughs> and these dogs come flock. Amy, why, tell us why is, why is that a problem? What's going on? I have a staffy. Yes, there we go. That's why it's a problem, everybody. It's her dog. It's her dog that's, that's the problem. My dog is fine. He's on a lead as long as the other dogs stay away. <laughs> So. And he doesn't have to socialise. He's a gorgeous dog, he just not in a he's pack of not other dogs. <laughs> just not to other dogs. He's, he's very nice to most of them, but if they start something, he won't back down. So anyway, it is just a nightmare. She's actually, she's actually trained him to go after the hipsters, so this is why the real problem has happened. Smell the newspaper boy hat. Go get them. I've just gone like find the hipster with the with the um, tallest man bun with the dreads oh, and so the beer, craft beer <laughs> and go anyway. So that's my rant. And now it's only September, and they're going to be there for months. They will be there for months. Out. They've only just maybe begun. literally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, they will. They will. All right, A, hipsters, here's some advice for you. Put your rubbish away. Put it in a bin. There are many bins. Use them. Two, put your dog on a leash. If you're in the non-off-lead area, you need a lead. Or, or go to the other. Oh, okay, and my final rant, don't have a picnic in the middle of the off-lead area because the dogs come oh, yeah. and eat your picnic. 
Sure. Were they mad at that though? Yes, they don't, they don't like the, do- the dogs eating the picnic. Because oh. I figure, yeah, if you're there, yeah. you have to accept. I once saw someone in the same garden because it gets super busy during summer, as you said. Have you yeah. had a summer there yet? Yes, okay. that's you why know. I'm already you know, ranting already and it's know. the second week of September. Because there's, so there's toilets there, there's actually heaps, they're very young. Um, yeah, they generous. roll them in, they have to bring portaloos oh, in. do they? Yeah. So even with those, I once saw, as I was waiting for the toilet, like a responsible person, in the middle of the day, a girl see the queue and just be like, fuck this, went in the bush next <gasps> no. to me, but in pretty much full sight. And I just, I think a few people applauded. It was admirable. It really was. Yeah, that doesn't no, surprise it's not. me. I'm going to find my, my dog's going to come. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dishing out threats. Yeah. Oh, I quite like that, Amy. You made me laugh. Okay. Thanks. I'll move on. <laughs> to more serious times now, ladies. The New York Times article. This was an interesting it's one. It is a biggie, and we're covering the the big the big issues here <laughs> today. The hipsters in the park, followed by, <laughs> is it democratic? Mm. And that's a really interesting question. L, you posed this, and, and it, it did make me think. And I, I mm. um, I'd love to hear your thoughts. On... Well, I can't say it was mine. I actually heard it from Walid Ali on the project. But this all came about because there was an anonymous op-ed piece in the New York Times, which is highly unusual, apparently, from all sources, saying that they normally will not put an anonymous op-ed. But it was by a senior White House official, and they thought it was so important that they were happy to make it anonymous. And the subheading is, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration. And this is quoting from the article. They said, I work for the president, but like-minded colleagues and I have vowed to thwart parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations. Another quote was, the root of the problem is the president's amorality. And what's been really interesting is the divided nature of some of the articles coming out in response to this. Firstly, Trump came out, you know, treason, treason on Twitter. And, and at first I thought, oh, Trump, you are overreacting as usual and, you know, heaven forbid that I should ever align with Trump. <laughs> but I did hear Walid Ali, they were talking on the project and discussing this exact issue and he brought up an issue and he said, but hang on, Trump's been elected by the people and whilst, yes, he didn't get the popular vote, but he did win the election and by usurping him from within is this not undemocratic? And everyone else on the panel said, oh, no, it's fine because it's Trump. Mm. And that really unsettled me because I thought, well, do we? is it then subjective as to, well, I don't like his policies, he seems a bit crazy, you know, then it's fine? Or do we have to follow the same rules for everybody that if you are in a democratically elected official, then you need to be... You know, not listen to it. It's not the emperor's new clothes. Mm-hmm. I think if you need to, if you're in a White House official, White House official, and you need to say something against them, speak up, have your say. That's what discussions about. There's a whole group of people in the White House for that reason. But to say that I am part of the resistance and we are working actively working against him, I don't know. What do you think? 
I I thought the same, and I actually um, didn't watch Willie Dali say that, but had this, a similar kind of thought. But I guess. had my own thought. But because I'm <laughs> his thoughts good smarter, if not more smart <laughs> than Willie, um, I thought it but better. Uh, so I I, I immediately the first thing I thought was good because I'm against Trump and mm. we want him mm. not to uh, be as soon as I get into this Trump issue really I lose I, your words I lose my <laughs> words and I think why am I caring so much about an American political system mm. that has nothing to do with me so really that's where I often get back to that and I thought that after those huge protests in London as well I thought why is this why are they protesting against something in mm. America anyway? That's I think because it does impact us. Because very we loosely. Have, we, well, at the moment, well, he's, well the, he's the leader of the free world, <laughs> and we're allies. That you know, we there is a relationship there, and there's been an ongoing relationship, and we are part of that Western society where we influence each other. So maybe us, not so much to them. But, you know, there is that back and forth. So I think it does influence us. It does. But anyway. anyway not that's, your day-to-day that life. Yeah. I, I just feel like we have our own problems to deal with in Australia <laughs> at the moment. Like, who is our Prime Minister? Maybe it's easier to deal with yeah. theirs. <laughs> like, we'll help you. Don't worry about us. We'll get, we've got you guys sorted. <laughs> then we'll work on us. Anyway, the, but the thing that I thought after I read this was two two words came into my head. And one was, is this quite antagonistic mm. and quite provocative? and largely unhelpful (laughs) to what the cause actually is. Mm. So if he is trying to do that, don't publish a letter about it. That gets Trump very mad. And he goes on the Twitters (laughs) and says, treason. And also another Twitter comment post, he said, if the gutless, in capitals, so you know he means it, anonymous person does indeed exist, the Times must, for national security purposes, turn him slash her very good, Trump. Good gender equality. <laughs> Over to government at once! Exclamation mark. But you know, I saw that, and I initially thought, "Oh gosh, he's so overreacting." But I thought, "Well, there's somebody within his, this is you know, it, actively working against." Exactly, and so, I and I felt like oh, that was such an obvious outcome from mm, the, the publish mm. pu- publishing this article. And is that actually then doing what you've set out to do by being the resistance? Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's all very well to call yourself the resistance anonymously. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that is a bit spineless. Like Mm. if you really genuinely feel, I mean, clearly this person is senior and there is Mm. lots of debate Mm. about whether it could be Mike Pence, which is just extraordinary. Really? Yes. (gasps) Because there is a word used in the article. Yeah, I knew everyone would analyse all the words. Yeah, so load star, which Mm. I had to look up. It's a star that is used to guide the course of a ship, especially the Mm. pole star. And apparently that's a favourite word for Pence. And oh. Pence has now gone on the record and said he will take a lie detector test. Oh, wow. But it did made me, make me think, wow, that's a very unique word and if Pence uses it a lot, that would be an easy red herring yes. for yep. someone to oh. throw in it. And that's mm. even worse in a mm. way to do that. So I kind of feel that if you really seriously feel that you're doing the right thing and you're mm. sticking up for what is right and democratic and so forth, well, you have to do it publicly. Mm. And to do it anonymously undermines the integrity of the of the whole democratic system. Absolutely. And it's all very well to say that you're doing the right thing, but that is a personal mm. choice that mm. you've made and it might not necessarily be reflective of mm. what the, the, the populace want. And I also felt if 
it had have been during Obama's time, I would have been absolutely yes. furious yeah. at this article and would have been thought it was absolutely despicable. Mm. So I kind of think if you think, if you don't believe in the leader that you're working mm. for, well then be active and don't work for mm. them and be yeah. articulate to um, stand up against mm. the regime. And people have to stand up. Mm. I'm not disputing that. but. No. Do it with a spine. Well, and as they said in the article that it said, you know, at the start of, you know, the Trump administration, there was talks of invoking the 25th Amendment to remove him, um, but no one wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. Well, if you are leading resistance anonymous, anonymously in, I know Trump's had a lot of trouble with that word this week. <laughs> That's been it's the best part. It's a tricky word. Anonymously. <laughs> you know, if you feel that strongly about it, well, then you do need to step up and own it and try to make a decision about that. So are we all in agreement <gasps> again? I feel like this week we have been very happy family. Oh, it's a bit too happy. Okay, we can yeah. move right along because, Dim, you've got a question for us. I'm about us. to spoil everything, people, because <laughs> I've got a good one. And, and as always, I feel like I always need to um, state that I really do this is a genuine question because I feel, you know, as soon as I begin to ask it, my sisters roll their eyes at me. But recently I've been wondering. I'm kind of bracing myself. I know. Me too. I feel like but I need to give. excitement. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't say it's excitement. I need to give a little bit of context. I've been going on Instagram a lot lately mm-hmm. and noticing that the people on there generally seem really happy. And there's one in particular and her name is. I actually don't even know her real name. Her Instagram name is Deliciously Ella. And she is a food blogger and she seems so happy. And she does a lot of yoga, but importantly, she's vegan. And I'm wondering if I should become a vegan so I become more happy. Based on Instagram? She seems so happy. Would you blog about it? I mean, would you post stuff on Insta about it? I think I'd have to. It seems like they go hand in hand. No. I'm I'm an, I'm a clear note for a number of reasons. I think with vegan, you just don't get enough food, and so that probably makes you go a bit cray. Oh. Yeah, I don't so think, think it's anything other than just a bit of food. You could probably starve yourself and probably have a similar outcome. Would she is be- eating pizza in Rome, so you still get pizza. Exactly. I'm you just looking at their Instagram now. Yeah. You get pizza, you get like um, like good mental health and you get Do a you? lot of followers on Instagram <laughs> and you get inner peace from what she says. Dear, yes. you love cheese. Oh, yeah. And bacon. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they're your two favourite You love bacon. There is no point in you going vegan for happiness. I would do yoga first. But isn't it good for my gut health? You're all about the the gut health. No, kimchi is good for gut health. Yogurt, probiotics. Yeah, Mm. no, I'm a hard no and just go and do some zen in my hipster park. Oh, my God, I've been given permission. (laughs) You were just talking before about how much you love brunch. It would severely limit how much brunch you can eat and what you can eat. What I might do is just trial it. Yeah, trial it for an hour and see how it go. <laughs> you won't be able to come over to either of our that's houses that's for dinner. That's no coffee. That's no... Because I you... have black coffee. Oh, okay. All right, you can have the coffee. <laughs> no, it's a no from me. Elle? I think... I don't think you'd be very happy. I think you'd get really grumpy. Oh, do you reckon? Yes. Okay. I'm going to try it. Okay. <laughs> you can come so, back to us next week and report. So thanks. But no, thanks. Yeah. I'm not going to take any of your advice. with all of my questions. They really already had an answer. <laughs> 
Well, actually, that leads us in nicely to the final segment, which is our mantra. And I'm taking it this week because you girls have already had your turn. And, um, Dim, this might help you make your decision. Because my mantra is a little bit, it's a little bit Glennon Doyle. Oh, our In favorite. fact, it's very Glennon Doyle. Dimity's looking very confused. You need to no, look into Glennon Doyle. Oh, Glennon Doyle. <laughs> we might need to have a whole Amazing recommendation guru. podcast yeah, on Glennon, Glennon Doyle. Yeah. Am I, is this something that's going to be really life experience? embarrassing? That um, I don't know. It might just be that life you're not, experience. yeah, like, you're not at that oh, age where you need Glennon Doyle. You, I miss, you heard that I missed it the first time you said it, Amy, and so you repeated it to make sure. Yeah, life experience. I just don't landed. think you need her yet. <sighs> You will need her. Your life some hasn't point. blown no, up no, enough. I'm, that's it. <laughs> and Dimity's walking out. She's gone. <laughs> but my mantra was choose love, not fear. My mantra was love, not fear. Dim, she's back. Come on, Dima. Choose the love, not the fear. Put my headphones back on. Begrudgingly. <laughs> That was our biggest podcast moment yes, ever. Explosive. It was. That's explosive. what we're leading with this week. <laughs> Dim All our Instagram posts. We're going to clickbait the hell out of this one. What happened to Dim? Oh, what happened Will to Will she Dim be back? Storm. Oh, you like the batchy last week where she oh, stormed yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to send producer Claire to get you. <laughs> I told you I've been watching too much of The Bachelor. <laughs> That's why I don't know who Glennon Doyle is. We might need to wrap it up soon. But anyway, my mantra is Mm. Glennon Doyle says basically there are two choices in life for any big decision and you can either choose fear or love. And love is, of course, always (laughs) the right choice because, you know, fear makes you close down and and limit your options but love if you if you're genuinely making a decision out of love you'll ultimately end up in a really good place and and for me over the last few years when I've had lots of big choices to make that has really grounded my decision making and so that is my mantra always is choose love not fear Mm. and don't storm out of the building (laughs) I I think I chose fear just now so I stand corrected you do (laughs) On that note, we are going to call it a day because I don't know if we can go much further. Um, So you've been listening to The Millennial Divide. If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also rate, review or leave us a comment. We love reading them. We did note the one about the laughing and we're really trying to stop. We're trying to move away from the the mics. The mics. We're trying. We're all just so funny. It's so hard not to laugh at ourselves. We will try to stop laughing. But we would love to hear from you and please do tell us what you're thinking and don't forget to follow us on the socials now this is a tricky one it's at the millennial divide on all the socials millennial surprising fact has two ends which we all struggle to remember we do so that's important it's got two l's and it's got two ends so at the millennial divide you can follow us on insta and facebook we have on twitter yet soon soon twitter's coming soon okay and tell all your friends and we'll see you next week thanks everybody Bye. bye 